Hey, hey, everybody, Kevin here with Pursuing Pixels, and welcome back to another edition of Save It for the Cast. And as per usual, this week it's just going to be John and I, but I'm going to be kicking the ball over for some uh, chit-chat and conversation in just a couple minutes here after I talk about some of the stuff that I've been playing, which uh, for once, uh, for the past few weeks or past handful of, I feel like, past month or so, I feel like I haven't been able to dig into like enough stuff, just been kind of scraping on the surface or playing some stuff that I've been, you know, super familiar with or kind of just, you know scraping the surface on some like retro stuff that I've talked about on previous episodes. And uh, if you tuned into last week's regular episode with uh, just John and I as well, this is kind of a snippet from that. We kind of did things save it for the cast style, uh, just kept things kind of conversational because, again, both of us were just kind of playing stuff that we've talked about a bunch in the past, whether it was with me with playing more Shotgun King and Punk Cake stuff or John doing more Genshin Impact and having some more thoughts on that. So uh, on the second half of the episode here, when we lean into the conversation with John and I, we kind of lean into some more thoughts on Genshin Impact, just kind of like music and stuff. John's been doing some Pico 8 development and some sound design with uh, our buddy Arpy on a game that they've been kind of tag team working on together. So uh, pretty fun conversation, uh, you know, snippets from mostly after our session last week, but also a little bit from before as well. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to talk about a few of the things that I've been playing uh, lately. Uh, and I've kind of been picking up some stuff that I've been familiar with and also playing something new as well, which I just picked up today. I'll kind of save that for last. But uh, kind of what I've been playing quite a bit of actually lately on my uh, Switch is what I've been going to the most, although a little bit on mobile as well. Uh, but I've been playing some Tumble Seed, which is just a brutal. I think I talked about this game like way, way early on in the days of the podcast, like, you know, in our, one of our first handful of episodes, I feel I could be wrong about that. But anyways, uh, it's just a super brutal kind of arcadey roguelike that kind of leans like it's almost like a like the like a pachinko machine meets like those like maze games where you could like twist the dials and kind of tilt the maze board either uh, to the left or right or forward or back. In this game, you're kind of using the left and right joystick. Uh, you might be able to use motion controls as well, but I've still been trying to fine tune like the the settings again, just like uh, you can. It doesn't seem to make that much of a difference in terms of like the sensitivity of like your movement. Basically, you just have the left and right stick and you're basically moving this like paddle at the bottom of the screen or it's not really a paddle. It's basically a bar that covers the whole bottom of the screen like it's unlike pinball or something. You know, you it, it kind of reminds me of pinball like, or pachinko or whatever, but like instead of like launching the ball upwards you're just kind of like balancing at balancing it on this like teetering seesaw essentially and you're just like you know moving it to avoid holes or to attack enemies and to go over these little uh you know gem spots that let you collect crystals which let you add new buffs to your tumble seed it's kind of it's almost too hard for its own good i know they added some like uh and i think they even added this like long long ago when i talked about it before on the podcast but thankfully they added like some modes that like break up the campaign into like four separate individual campaigns and then you can play like the full like adventure mountain with all four of them stitched together which is what I've still been trying to do even though I honestly can only beat about one chunk of you know a quarter of it at best maybe get through like half of the second uh level or second stage but I have cleared three of the individual campaigns like the individual sections on their own and I just have that last like snow you know, mountain peak, whatever, which is the hardest one. It's kind of like, you know, the ground can kind of crumble beneath you a little bit. There's just so many holes, so many pitfalls. And because you don't have direct control of your like tumble seed character and you're just moving like these, this paddle bar up and down and just kind of letting gravity roll you left or right or whatever. 
Um, it's just so hard to dodge stuff or even attack enemies or trigger things at the right time. It's almost too hard for its own good, but thankfully it's so stylish. The music's amazing. The music's like truly amazing. And, and same with the visual aesthetics as well. Just a really, really fun game that I think I picked up in the early days of like having my switch of just like, oh, there's not a ton of stuff available. This is reasonably priced. It looks stylish. Like it's old to the point where I couldn't even like save a capture of like a gameplay clip. Uh, I think I could take photos, but not like a 30 second clip on the switch, but really been having a ton of fun with that one in spite of it being frustrating, but it's just been kind of like my go-to pick up and play game when, uh, you know, something else has been on the TV or when I've been doing something else in the background with a podcast or whatever. And then another game that I've been playing in passing that we've also talked about on the podcast. And John actually mentioned that he had been playing this a little bit too, was uh point P, uh, which is from the developer of Downwell. Again, this was from, uh, Netflix games is like the only way you can play this for the time being, at least, uh, to the best of my knowledge anyways, Um, But I'm playing on my iPhone and just for whatever reason, and John and I both just seem to randomly like fire this one up, but I'm still chipping away, unlocking more uh, jumps. And essentially it's kind of like down well, but going upwards with wall jumps kind of being like the name of the game. You kind of it really plays great on mobile. I still would love to play this game on like Switch or whatever platform with a with a gamepad. Uh, but it's really a lot of fun. I actually thought I, w- I got a new buff actually that I just unlocked that I thought was going to be a new favorite. It actually totally freezes time when you like click on the screen and then you can drag in whatever direction that you want to launch your uh, point P character or whatever. Uh, it totally freezes time where before I had like a super slow but unlimited bullet time. And I still have that, I think, equipped. Uh, but I guess it kind of this sort of negates that in a way. Um, but at the same time, because it totally freezes time, it just makes it a little bit tougher. Like I kind of liked like holding on the screen and just letting it slowly trickle. Like I just want to wait for that enemy to move like a little bit more into my line or just wait for myself to drop like a little bit lower before I launch myself or whatever the case might be in, in any given situation. So I've just been having a ton of fun with that game. I, I just, uh, I don't know. It's a great mobile game. I really would love to see it on multiple platforms. And I'm hoping that will be the case because another game uh, that I wanted to just talk about briefly that I picked up earlier today and I've already played quite a few runs and I guess kind of uh, calling back to uh, some older save it for the cast where I just picked up uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Uh, This time I just picked up Shovel Knight Dig and I know Randall talked about this one briefly on the podcast when he first signed up for like the trial or maybe he just signed up for good for the Apple Arcade but I think it was the trial period and this was originally available I think only through that platform or at least maybe it was maybe that was the way you could play it for you know quote unquote free or through your subscription but Um, It is available on Switch, and I've been thinking about buying it. I've been on the fence. It's 25 bucks, and it went on sale. I was just browsing the eShop earlier today, uh, and it was 40% off, so it was only 15 bucks. I had uh, 30 bucks of uh, digital Amazon points, so I was like, you know what? Get an eShop gift card, grab that Shovel Knight. I'll have a few uh, bucks left over. I just got a $20 gift card, so I didn't uh, tempt myself to buy a bunch of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been having a ton of fun with this game so far. I know Randall was kind of lukewarm on it, and I will say... It is a little rougher around the edges in some ways, like something about the the combat and the way you dig. It's like a little bit rigid, like the way you kind of like uh, you kind of like attack and you just kind of attack through the dirt kind of in a straight line or you can go you know, sideways down. You can't go up, I don't think, at least not without uh, an ability. Maybe maybe that's something you can unlock later on, but nothing that I've seen just yet. Uh, but it is a little more action focused, like a little the gameplay is much more similar to the original Shovel Knight, although it definitely has its own flavor. Got a little more of like, well, though the original one has this too, but a little more of a, like a Scrooge McDuck focus on like that downward uh, attack. And actually it defaults to like I was just looking at this. Uh, I haven't even tried. 
uh, without having it as the default, but it defaults to where you like kind of automatically do like the shovel downward attack. Uh, but I think you can turn that off. I don't know if you have to press a button or just press down to attack. Cause you can also do like a ground pound if you get different buffs. Uh, and again, I haven't played enough to where it does seem like it's going to be a little bit grindy in the sense of like, you really got to save up gems to buy unlocks. Cause every time you buy a new unlock, the next time you unlock something, it costs a thousand more or, you know, exponentially more. I'm not sure how it's going to work throughout the game. Cause I'm still pretty early on, but the one thing I will say about this game, or not the one thing, but the, one of the things I will say about this game is that the music and the sound effects, again, just like uh, with Point P and all the games I've been talking about so far, are just absolutely top-notch. The music in particular really has like a Sega energy that I just absolutely love. And really my only gripe with it so far is that I maybe it's just that I'm not good enough at the game yet, so I'm having to keep play, keep replaying this like Mushroom Gorge or whatever the Mushroom uh, maze or whatever it is, this first zone like over and over again. And there still is like this sense of like mystery though, too. Cause I keep like having like these kind of like events that seem to happen between zones or when I die, like shield Knight appears and like starts like saying, Hey, we should split up. And then I'm thinking, Oh, is that going to unlock like a secondary path later on or something like that? But it's just jam packed with secrets left and right. Uh, the pixel art is just absolutely amazing. It's just so juicy and crispy it's got like 16-bit, 32-bit kind of flair, but just with so much personality and expressiveness uh, that I, it, it almost works a little bit better than it does in uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Not, not that there's, I guess it's just a matter of preference, but I like how the characters in this game are kind of more like miniaturized versions or at least slightly tweaked versions of the 8-bit, you know, original Shovel Knight characters where like they really kind of like beefed them up and made them like way more expressive in pocket dungeon or like more like caricaturized i guess is maybe the word i'm looking for but uh with shovel knight dig i'm really really loving it um yeah that second zone in particular which i've been dying like as soon as i get there but like it's got these awesome like waterfalls that you can like dig away some blocks so that it'll like clear away a path so the water can flow and then like start turning a water wheel gear thing to open some gates like just secrets jam-packed everywhere. It's so fun to bounce off the enemies. It's a really hard game, too. I know they were kind of leaning uh, when they were developing this game. I know they're like, we basically want to try to make like Shovel Knight meets Downwell uh, to call back to Point P there as well for a second. But Downwell is possibly my favorite game of all time. Definitely one of them. So uh, and Shovel Knight's right up there as well, or at least right up there in terms of like quality. So um, you know, it's kind of a no brainer when they announced that this one was coming out and, uh, I'm glad that I finally, uh, have my mitts on it. Again, I've only played maybe like an hour or so at most, but it's one that it, I think it's already grabbed my attention a little bit more than uh, pocket dungeon, which definitely grabbed my attention quite a bit as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing some more of that. But, uh, on that note, I think I've done more than enough rambling here for the, uh, intro. So I'm going to kick things over to John and I for a little more chit chat on some games, some music, some Pico eight, uh, and all sorts of other uh, nonsense. So, uh, yeah, on that note, uh, we will catch you next week. And until then, take care. stuff like i mean it it can sound good like my buddy josh's band records that way with like a lot of like in studio drums like he, i think he just the other guy jp like just programs it all in like mm -hmm. i don't even, i don't think he triggers it just like does it you know and it's like if he didn't tell me 
I I wouldn't know. It's I, like, so to be honest, it's like, impossible it to tell good. at this point. But like, and they even do they do their guitars even like with digital like amps and stuff. Like they literally yeah. just plug in and use plugins. And like again, I was like the tones sound legit awesome. Like I was like I legit was like I might look into getting one of those iRig things, even if it's just, that's like the whatever app or thing they have. And like I was like I'm even if it's just for demo purposes, but honestly to have something where you can just like plug in headphones and have a distorted good sounding guitar i'm not mad about that you know i might not use it on an album but like digital effects i think have gotten to the point where they are one-to-one and like there's no difference but like you still need a person playing it because you perform it yeah to get that level of imprecision or like the flubs or just something in there like Cause yeah, like, I don't know. It, it always just rubs me the wrong way. And like, not necessarily like it's, it's perfectly easy to like overproduce a thing and then it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, yeah. As soon as you add like the like 30th layer to a thing, like there's so much complexity going on that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I but, used to be when I first got into like recording, like when I, you know, I had GarageBand on my first like Mac laptop or whatever. Like I, that was the main thing I loved doing, just layer, add another layer, add another because it harmonizing, sounds sick. add another harmonizing octave riff. You know, that's like, like Steve. You know, like that's you can, all Steve yeah, does. Just you layer, can do layer, stuff layer, you layer. Could never do. Yeah, live. and like uh, eventually you're gonna land on a cool hook or a cool riff or something that sounds complimentary to the other thing, and you're gonna be like, yeah, sweet. But like. Eventually, it's just like overwhelming. It's like this is sounds good, but it just sounds like a mess at the same time, you know? So part of the reason why I actually like took the dive into Pico 8 uh, is because uh, I've been working. I had been working uh, uh, with RP uh, to do the soundtrack to one of their games. No way. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. And it was in Pico 8 and like. The thing was that the soundtrack was, like, tied specifically to, like, the, like, timing of, like, when gates would go up and down. So, like, I had to, like, time the BPM of the, like, songs to, like, trigger. And, like, I was like, all right, so with every two times I want it to be this many, like, phrases in a thing. Like, and so, like, it was very much, like in the guts of the like actual gameplay like it wasn't just like making a soundtrack like right, i wanted right. to, i wanted to make sure that it was like actually syncing up with the game and yeah. because of that like i was being like very particular about like what sounds made it through because there are four channels of audio in the Pico 8 and when the like game would trigger a sound effect it would overwrite one okay, of those so yeah, tracks like the, NES, the nes does that a lot yeah, yeah. yeah and so then like i was like oh fuck i need to reorganize these songs like or combine certain tracks in the four tracks that i have to be like okay what is the like 
sacrificial tone when a sound effects is playing like i don't want it to, i need to have like the four on the floor beat going because like the timing of That's like the, the gates yeah, yeah. like needs to be there and like okay this is either a baseline or a rhythm track like that needs to be preserved like i think that this is the main melody or hook line and like all right, this is the color track, and that is the one that can be like taken out and then actually heightens when you aren't like engaging with any sound effects and you're just playing the game, and then you hear it suddenly and like can get into that rhythm. I was getting so in the weeds of like being yeah. asked as like, hey, can you add some songs to this game? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to write, I, I need to like put all of my effort into it. And because of that, like I got really like yeah, interested in how it like fit into the game. Like, and Pico eight, especially because it has such a hard limit on what the like file size can be. Yeah. They, they call them tokens. I believe if yeah. I'm not mistaken. There's like a certain number of tokens you can use, which is like, I think just lines of, or, text of code or whatever you know i don't know how it translates but and like the game was complete at that point it was just like little bits of tweaks so like i literally had a like finite space to like put tracks in and so i was like oh okay you know what would be uh, a good way to cheat this is if for the like two of the five tracks one is just a teaser version of the later track that comes back <laughs> where it's like all right i'm only gonna put in two tracks or like uh, into this song and then when it, you play the like final version it has all four okay <laughs> And it that's was like, awesome though oh yeah that's a smart way to get around a limitation that i otherwise have and like it's a real cheat way to double the length of a soundtrack but i love that man I, that's awesome that you uh it's it's not spirit lands by chance is it no it's not okay that was the game they made for the first uh pursuing pixels uh james jam game gam they i know i know they were working on a game for the recent one but they didn't uh get it done in time i don't know if they've continued working on it after is there like a mech involved no this one is uh uh ghouls and gates <laughs> okay okay uh, i was trying to come up with like synonyms and not give the title of the game but i couldn't <laughs> i was like goblins and uh, but yeah uh no it's a um yeah, it's like a uh, isometric uh, maze kind of game uh, where you collect keys and uh, pellets are like the score, but so you only need to collect the keys behind the gates uh, okay. to advance to the next level. But like, uh, it, it's so weird. Like, <clears throat> like I don't know when people who what what other people conceive of like of what a finished product is i don't know yeah because like <clears throat> when i i took like uh the version of the file that they had made and they're like i had i had put in one song that like i put together after like watching a tutorial and they're like it, it just yeah. get rid of it it's not good and then like i listened to it and i was like this is good. Like you got the timing, like you got every part of it, right? Like I'm just going to tweak like a little bit of it and like add in another two tracks. But like 
this is a perfectly good track, and I don't know how, like, you could have stumbled across making it and, like, been like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you obviously know what a good song sounds like, so, like, and you right, right. were able to do it, so I just think it's fascinating to, like, I don't know, like, see what other people, like, look at as, like, oh, this isn't good enough, and then, like, you see it and you're like, no, this rules. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to like, just like being in the studio back to the music stuff. You know, it's like we could just sit there and mix stuff forever or try to tweak stuff forever yeah. or try to get that perfect sound. It's like eventually you just got to be happy with like the fact that we recorded the songs and we're releasing them in the wild, you know, like. I don't know, like you got to let it go eventually, you know, and it's, yeah. but it is like, it's hard when it's the thing you're working on, you want it to be as good as possible. Like, yeah, I think, I think I, that would drive me nuts if I was a game dev, like I'd have to squash every bug and I'd have to like, it would drive, yes. I would just, it, you'd never be done, you know? And that's like kind of what like the, I don't know, I, I, I think I, I've mentioned this a bunch of times now, like doing stuff with Mikey and like not really having plans, like so much of like oh like to be in a band is to create something that someone else can consume or like oh this is the final studio version of a song it's like we continued to write all the songs on Deej after we recorded them like yeah, yeah those are like the better, versions they're we, better now than they were on right. the recordings yeah uh, but like at some point you do kind of have to just be like all right, we're done. Like, I, I like, we might make a better version of this, but like, we just gotta like finish this. Yeah. We gotta move on and, you know, yeah. like, focus on new songs or whatever, you know, kind of let it go a little bit. Yeah. But like, no like finished product is like actually the like final version of a story, like, or anything. Like, no, nobody makes a piece of art and then never thinks about it ever again yeah and wishes they could <laughs> wishes they could like do something different yeah and like so many games ending. get like patched after the fact that like especially like, now yeah and yeah. there's like an ex- an expectation to like get patches after the fact when like games that were released on cartridge just like that had a bunch of bugs just broken yeah like that's all right that's just, just what it just is 50 dollars for a broken game in <laughs> 1982 when 50 dollars was like 170 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> obviously not that much, but like, it's crazy, you know? And like, yeah, nowadays it's just like people expect, people, there's just free to play games like Genshin. Yeah. That obviously you can spend a fortune on, but like you can totally just like, you know, as long as you have a phone or whatever, again, not that a phone is cheap, but you know, if you've got one or any device that can run anything, you seemingly can play it in some capacity. And that, that actually is the last thing that I did want to talk about. Um, was Genshin, (laughs) um, just because I've been, it's been the game that I've been playing a lot. And like, uh, as always, I do want to like stress that like, this is a game that like is an exploited, exploitative game that is profiting off of addiction. And there is just no way around that. Getting around it. yeah. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine like what I, what I want like when I'm playing Genshin now is like I want there to be a and and this is an extremely hard ask because it's a stupid ask but like <laughs> I want there to be a non 
like free to play or like subscription or gambling gotcha game that like scratches the same itches and does the same like slow trickle of content and you are like spending either an extremely slow currency or experience on these like roles and getting that same like addiction feel without it being tied to real money would, and, would you be mad if it was like because like you've mentioned kind of like every continent that they've added is kind of like a new world or game or whatever like what if it rolled out whereas like every one was like another 10 bucks and you got like the next like would that be uh, to me that at least seems better that that is better but like the thing that i'm actually like want to like and that that would just make it that would transform it from a gotcha game to a dlc game right like, right which is still I, I not a huge like i don't want to have a never i want to eventually just buy a game and have yes it sometimes you know but like that what i'm like what i would want and i don't know if this is even possible but i want a game that you would buy once has somehow formulated in the same way that a gotcha game is. And so like you would be like doing your daily tasks to get this like slow currency, like, but it would be a done game. It would be a game that is massive on the scale of Genshin impact, but it is still walled. Like the content is like kept from you as a player and meted out in the same way that a gambling free to play game is like i'm trying to think of like how do you make a game that does the same thing to people with addiction but like doesn't force them to pay money yeah like because like like to some extent it's like you do understand the fact that like they need money to keep coming in to keep developing the game mm -hmm. but yeah, the, there's no getting around the fact that they're just is there an is there a way advantage. to ethically make a game that the I mean the word that I'm looking for is praise on the inclinations of people with addiction problems, but like doesn't force them to annihilate their lives. Like I got I got to think the only way you could realistically do it would be like you'd have to have some element of the game many potentially being procedurally generated where like you're getting new yeah. things added but it's not you would need it's to o- it's be only a triple the development up front yeah the <clears throat> triple it would have to be a triple a game just by the sheer amount of content that you would yeah. need to have like walled off but like i was doing this as i was playing uh or i was thinking about this as i was playing genshin like recently and just like playing with character i have the way that i play this game now is there are seven elements and five weapon types and i reasonably have every like combination of element and weapon type in a character now i have over 50 characters and which is uh, too many like the the the, the, that's like the way that these games function is that you need to have an attachment to novel ways of playing so there's a reason to keep coming back and like everything's unique and different which is 
takes so much game development time. Like that the yeah. every little step of this that makes it a like prime target for like people with addiction is like a reason why it can't be made in any other form. And like the only it, the only game I can think of that maybe comes close and isn't as gotcha y is like No Man's Sky, maybe. Like that game seems like it is is yeah. massive, but there's a lot of procedural generation going on in that game too. And so it's that not obviously character based. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, you're not getting like a. Ton, they do. They have added tons of new gameplay elements over the years, obviously, but it, not to the point where like you're getting. And there's a lot of lore and like different like relationships between factions and stuff. So like that stuff yeah. is possible, but like it just requires so much effort and like money and like development time to do anything like to yeah. like I, I mostly i've just been trying to think of like how is a way that you can make a non-exploitative gotcha game and it's there's no reason to do it because if you're making the game you might as well make the most profit possible well you know yeah it's like it's evolved into that from like world of warcraft like at least with world of warcraft you just had a subscription like i remember back then like when i worked at when me and randall worked at best buy it was like i would see the box and be like over seven million subscriptions on the sticker i'm like they're literally making 15 or whatever the subscription bucks you know 15 bucks a month from seven million people this is crazy yeah but like at least that was just like you just paid it and but i think you could buy other shit too i don't really know how that game worked but i think they had stuff similar to loot boxes and stuff i I don't really know but it wasn't anywhere uh, near the like it it was at least like you could you could just pay that maybe that maybe that would be the way to do it a little more fair like if Genshin just had, if you would like love that game and you knew they were just going to keep adding to it continuously and you could just say, hey, I'm going to pay 10 bucks a month to but that's play the this thing game is that forever. There's always a way to like make it quote unquote more fair, but there's like, yeah. I don't think there's any way to do it where you pay just for the game, the game once and you own it. Like, I just don't think that that's possible because it's... Uh, it's so difficult to make a game at the begin, like it in the first place, but then to yeah. make a game that will have this very specific like way of meeting out content and walling it off and getting you to engage in a very specific way, like it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's mostly the fact that I I really don't want gotcha games to exist but i know they will yeah and i want them to exist in an ethical way and i cannot figure out how but yeah i mean even even again i tried playing i talked about it on the saver for the cast the other day the most recent one but like i played some rocket league with my cousin the other day actually i Mm -hmm. mostly just watched him play but like now that it's so different now that it's free to play like just everything about that game it's like the same game but it just it's not it just i hate playing it kind of like i love it it was but i just hate all the nonsense around it i don't know like mikey was talking about so that cluttered. one shooter that was was it made off like the same like old battlefield engine or i forget what oh yeah 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 i forget or, like, what it's called but i mirrored it or whatever that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. We're yeah, we're two guys who don't play FPSs talking about a <laughs> game that was apparently very good and we will not remember the name of it or any specifics about it. Great job. <laughs> we hey, have I a game, video the, game podcast. The <laughs> the little bit I have played of the Battlefield series is pretty fun. I I do like how it's like real quick. I don't I can think it was Battlefield 3 that Steve DJ and I had or maybe it was just me and Steve but played a little bit of that online but we always ended up defaulting back to that Uncharted 3 online, yeah. which was fun. Ugh, we got to play but, uh, Pokemon Stadium 2. Yeah, it's Pokemon. We got to, yeah, me, you and Randall got to sync up for some more uh, multiplayer. Yeah, we do. On those mini games. Ugh, but I think we're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely. Think we put in the time. <laughs> talk the gamut. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Oh, oh man. Yeah, man, I hope I hope you end up hearing back from something, but I'm glad to at least hear that work's been a little bit better. Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice. Yeah, what it is what it is. Yeah, yeah so exactly. It, it, like, all, all I really think about is like, man, this is just so, I forgot how annoying it is to spend so much of your time doing shit you don't want to do. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, know, dude. Just period. Like, think about like, I like. <sighs> You know, I would even count like sleeping as something that I don't want to do. Like, yeah. I mean, I enjoy sleeping, but like you got to sleep. You got to go to work. You got to go to school. You got to go to whatever. It's like, man, you just waste your whole fucking life away just so you can maybe go out to dinner once in a while. Yep. You know, it's so annoying, man. Dude. Ugh. The, this kind of also flows into uh, I, I have a light proposal for tonight's recording. Yeah, yeah. If you're down for it. Um, but... Like, I have no real topic for tonight or anything. Yeah. And, like, if you, uh, usually, you know, we do the, like, we, oh, we have some structure to the main episode. And then, like, the save it for the cast is kind of just, like, us having a conversation. Is yeah. like, if you wanted, if there are any games that you wanted to, like, cover, like, I would say, like, maybe opening with that and then just, like having the rest of the episode just kind of be conversation about yeah. games in general. You know what's funny is I was driving home today and I was like, man, I really haven't played much. Like, I played a little Pikmin since last time we talked, but really not much. All I've played is, like, Shotgun King, which I picked up on Switch. And I was like, so I have some thoughts about, like, what's changed and stuff on that. So I was like, I was kind of brainstorming, like, how can we frame the episode tonight? Like, I don't know what John's been playing. I was like, I know he's mentioned he, like, started working on Pete messing with Pico 8 and stuff. I was like, I was like, maybe we could just like do like almost like a save it for the cast style episode, <laughs> like, yes. and just even say like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna try to this. If you haven't listened then, to our like, save it for the cast episodes, they're kind of a little bit like this. Yeah, and and make <laughs> the save it for the cast just be the inevitable like back half of the conversation that we do for like two hours. Yeah, I'm cool with whatever. Although I will say, uh, the last having the last couple episodes being like uh, we recorded like. Yeah, that last one, like the main chunk of the episode was like about 40 minutes. And then the other, the last one we did was about 42. And that like chunk editing wise, especially with me working now is like feeling like a nice sweet <laughs> spot. 
So, um, so if, yeah, we can, if we can if we can take it down, yeah, yeah. But but we if we do like keep it rolling or whatever and find a way to like dismount and then maybe keep continue the conversation after and you trim some stuff or whatever. But whatever ends up happening, I'm I'm cool to kind of roll with that because yeah, I pretty much just kind of had like yeah, I was already writing down like I guess I'll just talk about because punk cake and sock pop have kind of changed the way they're doing things now. So dude, even this like talk about planning that. like is uh I know is a, is, a, is a thing of like me say like oh we should save this for the cast. I know I know I was already thinking that I'm saying too much I'm saying too much. Half the time to save it for the cast stuff is just being like oh let's it's I'm like it's just us planning what we're gonna talk about and then we end up veering into dude, like okay no this is you know, this, okay we we need let's clap. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah 